3: Rams Talk Radio, everything past, present, and future of the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the new Rams Talk Radio podcast. I'm Steve Ribeiro, joined by Johnny Gomez and Norm Hightower. How's
1: everyone doing today? Pretty good. Marvelous. All right. Well, let's just roll right into this thing. Uh, This is training camp preview this week. We're going to go down the depth chart by positions. We'll start with quarterback. Nick Foles got released yesterday, so that kind of clears up. A lot of the quarterback problems, and now it's pretty obvious that going into camp, Keenan will be one, Goff will be two, Manuel will be three, and Dylan Thompson, most likely, camp body will be four. So, the main question here is when will Goff be the starter? Will it be before the season,
4: or will it happen during the year? I think Goff will be the starter probably during week one. I think going into the preseason, he'll probably be the number two role, but all things considering, I think we'll have Goff as our starter. Uh He just gives us the best chance to win, and I think for him to be on the bench all year would be a mistake and pretty much ruin our chance of the playoffs, in my opinion.
3: It's really going to depend on how Goff does in training camp. If Goff has a really solid and strong training camp, he's learned the playbook and stuff, I can see him maybe getting the chance, but I really believe Keenum's going to start, and It's going to be his job to lose for the first two or three games. I guess the easiest way to put it is if the Rams are winning with Keenum at quarterback, Keenum's going to stay at quarterback. If Keenum starts to struggle, then Goff's going to go in. That's what I see. Yeah, and I I agree
1: with you that I think Keenum will be the week one starter. But if you throw him out there week one, you're kind of entering a dangerous territory because I personally think he is the best option to win short term, I think. I mean, there's no way the guy's a franchise quarterback. But unless Goff really comes out swinging in the preseason, Keenum's probably better today. And if you start him week one and the Rams start rolling, I mean, if they're winning, they're not going to play Goff. And that'll kind of bring up the question, did they need to trade all these picks when we have other needs on the team for Goff if they got Keenum out there? And that's really the only reason I think we might see Goff start week one is just so they don't have to answer questions like that.
3: Good observation. That's that. Could very well be the case. Okay, so we'll move on to running
1: backs. This is pretty much a cut and dry top two. I think Gurley's going to be the number one, obviously, rookie of the year. He's poised to have another great year. Potential top fantasy pick for fantasy owners out there. I think Benny Cunningham solidified himself as a backup. He's really proven to be a great player as a backup. But my question really is, is Trey Mason going to be on the roster?
3: I think with all the off-the-field issues that are going on with Mason and and questions on his mental health and everything else. You know, and and let's face it, when Gurley came in, he didn't play as well partially because I think he was upset. You know, he just kept fumbling the football and just wasn't playing great football last year. Now he's having some issues off the field with, you know, all kinds of different things. I really don't see him staying on the team. I see the Rams cutting him. Yeah,
4: absolutely. I mean, there, there's no way that Mason is going to stay on this team. Just because he's definitely going to face some sort of suspension due to his arrest, he needs more of a liability than he is actually a necessity in this case. And there are some hungry guys behind him that are more than capable of taking his place. I mean, last year alone, like you mentioned, Norm, definitely not his best year. I
1: kind of feel for Trey. He had a very solid rookie year. He was a third-round pick. He definitely earned the right to be the starting running back in the next season. And then the Rams took Todd Gurley, which was a little bit questionable at the time, but clearly was the right call. I don't think Trey's going to be on the team week one. I think the drafting Gurley really, really kind of frustrated him. And I think if he could get all his off-the-field issues in order,
2: he could go to a winning situation and be a
1: solid backup running back if he puts his mind to it and if it's something he wants to do.
3: Who do you think is going to be number three? Because, I mean, obviously they've kept Chase Reynolds every year, more so for special teams than anything else. So you've got Malcolm Brown, Aaron Green, Terrence McGee, and Zach Lasky. Who do you see as the number three? Because they're going to keep at least three or four. I think it'll be McGee, honestly. And I think they'll take
1: Reynolds, too. I don't think if they're, ta- if they're not taking Trey Mason, I think they'll keep Reynolds in the squad for special teams.
4: Yeah, definitely Reynolds will, will probably still remain on the roster, particularly for the special teams. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Rams have uh, four running backs on the death chart. Uh, McGee is certainly a, a viable option. I, I'm a big fan of Malcolm Brown. I think Malcolm Brown can do something really special for the team if he gets the opportunity. And right now, opportunity presents himself. Also, Aaron Green, undrafted free agent, so we'll see what he can do as well. Yeah, I,
3: I see it going, you know, obviously Gurley and Cunningham, and then I see it as Malcolm Brown, number three, Terrence McGee, number four, and Aaron Green, number five, and then Chase Reynolds will be there for special teams. That's how I'm I'm kind of seeing it.
2: Yeah, and I think that's
1: the most interesting position battle to watch in terms of people wanting to make the team. I could see that being something hard not to focus on. But, you know, if Trey Mason comes out and is focused and wants to be there, he's on the team. But I I doubt that's going to happen. Agreed. All right, so let's move on to receivers. Receivers has been a weak point for the Rams in the past couple of years, and Since they traded up for Goff, they didn't really have the picks to add a top-tier talent. They added Farrell Cooper, who's a solid um, slot guy. He's got dangerous skills, Tavon Austin-type player. But Tavon Austin drafted in the first round. He's been great, but he hasn't really been able to explode because the Rams haven't had a viable threat in the receiving court besides him to take the pressure off. And looking at the roster, do you guys think there's any players on the team that could break out and be a legitimate number one guy Because that'll change the whole passing game if something
4: like that happens. Well, we're definitely facing a depth chart of uncertainty, particularly with the number one receiver. We're we're not really sure if we have a number one guy. We've been trying with Kenny Britt for a long time now, and he just hasn't really stepped up. You know, he's dropped some key passes and completely disappeared in games. So I think with Kenny Britt, it's probably better off that we don't rely on him as our number one. I do think Tavon Austin has the potential to step up depending if Jared Goff is our starter and he performs up to expectations. If Case Keenum is our starter, he'll have a repeat performance because Case Keenum is not the kind of guy that can sling the ball, you know, deep downfield. So there's just no way that Tavon Austin is gonna succeed. In terms of Brian Quick, again, kinda of the same as Kenny Britt, he has shown times where he can be a force to be reckoned with, but then He's disappeared, partially due to injuries, but again, we're not sure if if he's even going to be on the roster. I I do see the only for sure guys on this roster is Kenny Britt and and Tavon Austin. Everyone else, to me, it's their job to lose. I see it a little bit
3: differently. I'm sure Britt's going to come out as the number one right now, um, just because he has been. He's the elder statesman of the wide receiving core. Him and Brian Quick are the same age, but... You know, Kenny's been in that position a lot more quick. If he can stay healthy, I think he's shown enough improvement. If he can stay healthy and he's hungry, which I, I know he is, he may be able to take over that spot really quick, no no pun intended. <laughs> um, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, there's 11 receivers on the team right now. There is a sleeper on there that, that I think could be a huge asset to the Rams, if he can keep his act together off the field, and that's Duke Williams, the kid from Auburn that they took uh, as an undrafted free agent. He's six-two, he's got great hands and he's got good speed, and he can jump up in the air and, and get some stuff. It's just, he's had some really bad off the field issues, so they kind of signed him as a chance, but if he, can, if he can prove himself early, that kid has the chance to be a number one receiver. Uh, I see Mike Thomas, uh, the kid we drafted from Southern Miss. He's a ball hawk, he catches everything thrown to him. Farrell Cooper, I, I think is on the team for sure. For nothing else, special teams, but I think I think he'll he'll be like the Stedman Bailey replacement that's got Tavon Austin speed moves. Guys I don't see making the team, Dion Long. Uh I think Bradley Marquez doesn't make it this year, but it's possible. Paul McRoberts, probably not. Uh, Marquez North, probably not. Um, and another big question mark is Nelson Spruce out of Colorado. That, that's another guy that can just catch the football. It's going to be quite a bit up in the air with 11 guys sitting there. Obviously, they're not going to keep that many unless a lot of these guys make the special team squad, and, and that might be something to look for if they want to try to give everybody a chance. So hopefully, a lot of these guys can make it on special teams. Yeah, I really think you brought up Duke Williams, and I think he's he's the X factor in this
1: receiving corps I'd say, because...
2: Out of all those guys that are uncertainty,
1: he's the only one that has real, you know, great player potential, I think. But like we said and a theme with a lot of the Rams this offseason, off the field issues, if he can get it together and he can prove that he can be a ball player in this league, he's on the team for sure. And I think he could be the breakout guy. If not him, you know, Brian Quick, he's been a disappointment. The Rams drafted him over guys like Alshon Jeffrey a couple of years ago. I clearly, if this team had Jeffrey, it would be a different situation. But there, we got quick. He's what we got. And, you know, in 2014, I believe that's when it was, he had a four-game stretch. Where he looked really good. And he looked like a really good player that might live up to his potential. And then he got hurt, and he really hasn't been the same since the injury. So if he's back healthy, I could potentially see him being the breakout guy.
2: But I can also see him not being
1: on the team. And I think there's a decent chance of both of those happening. And I'm not sure which is more likely. And I also agree with you, Norm, that I think Austin, Britt, and Farrell Cooper are locks. And I'd say that Quick most likely, I guess, in comparison to the rest of the roster. I think he's on there, and I would take Duke Williams as my fifth guy. Let's move on to tight ends. The Rams added Tyler Higbee and lost to the rejoicement of most fans, Jared Cook. Tyler is a really interesting pick. He's huge. He's got great skills. He's all in all a solid prospect. That fell because of, as we said, off-the-field issues, the theme of the team. I think he's going to be an X-Factor, and I've named him my fantasy sleeper of the year. I think fantasy owners,
2: look out for this guy keeping
1: your drafts. He's not going to likely be drafted. He could be the Rams' red zone target, and I think he's going to be
2: one of the better tight ends
1: fantasy-wise this year if he keeps it together and if they use him. What do you guys think about the tight end situation? you think it'll be Higby as the number one, or you think a guy like Kendricks is going to keep that
3: spot? I think Kendricks will keep number one. Uh, just because of his experience, and Higby will be number two. But I agree with you. Higby's going to be – he's either going to be really awesome or he's going to really disappoint. And if he disappoints, it's, it's going to be because of the off-the-field stuff. But um, he seems to be handling himself really well uh, so far with the Rams. The kid is an athlete, catches the ball, great red zone target. And with Goff at quarterback, I can see Higby and Goff uh, connecting a lot. Uh, I think you're looking at, uh, Lance Kendricks is number one, Tyler Higby is number two, Corey Harkey and Justice Cunningham as your three and four, and then I don't think Benson Brown makes the team, uh, and if Tameric Hemingway makes the team, it's gonna be on special teams. Yeah, just to kinda add to that,
4: the loss of, of Jared Cook was not much of a loss at all. Cook being gone is a good thing, just because the dude had a bad attitude constantly dropping the ball, and there's just absolutely no chemistry with him or anybody on that offense. Even when he was trying to accomplish something, he just never did. It was definitely a waste of money, in in my personal opinion. Uh, As far as tight ends concerned, yeah, definitely, like you guys said, Lance Kendricks is easily the number one guy, and I felt like he's been the number one guy, even though, technically speaking, Jared Cook was thought to be the number one guy for the past couple of years. Uh, Kendricks can be that go-to guy in the end zone. We just need somebody to feed him the football And Again, uh, just kind of like the receiver situation, I feel like um, it'll depend on if Jared Goff can give him the football. I guess Keenum can also try and do that, but I don't know how effective he's going to be, uh, just because he's not as accurate as Goff can be. As far as Higby goes, the Higby factor, I am definitely a believer. I do I'm kind of with you on this, Steve. I do believe he's going to be somebody to watch out for in fantasy leagues. And, uh yeah, definitely. I see Corey Harkey more as a fullback than a tight end, but I definitely think that uh, we, we have a solid group of tight ends. We just need somebody to give them the football. I think the
3: biggest thing you have to keep in mind with this with this team and with the tight ends, no matter who's a quarterback, is how well our offensive line can gel together and stay healthy this year. If if they can play to their potential this year and stay healthy, with adding in Higby and and playing with Lance Kendricks, I don't know that it will matter too much who the quarterback is at that point. But I think if our line isn't playing up to, up to potential, then you're going to have to look at Goff to to really get the heck out of the backfield and scramble and and look for one of these guys. So it's really going to depend on our offensive line, which I'm presuming we're going to talk about next. Yeah, we could go right into that. We
1: got a young group. We brought back pretty much everybody that mattered. Um, I guess it's just all about these guys staying healthy and just improving, honestly. They have our scene, Greg Robinson, the young guys. Robinson obviously has been a bit of a disappointment, but I mean we can't give up on him yet. He's a second pick and he's he's shown flashes.
2: We brought we got two young
1: guards. We got Jamone Brown who a lot of us like and we got Saffold. who if he's healthy he's The best lineman on the team, probably. And what I want to talk about is we have a pretty big weakness at center, I think. We brought back Tim Barnes, who's all right. You know, he's all right. And we didn't really add anybody. I think that's the biggest glaring weakness on this offense, to be honest.
4: Yeah, definitely couldn't agree with you more, Steve. Uh, Tim Barnes, in particular, I was never really sold on. I I have to admit he has improved some since coming to the team. There There were... have been times where he's done pretty well for himself but at the same time he hasn't really done enough for in my opinion to for him to remain the starter but the problem is like you said we didn't add anybody we didn't really draft anyone uh, based on potential either so we're basically stuck with him as our starting center and you know the scariest part of this whole situation is if he goes down who's behind him which more than likely, even though technically he's, uh, listed as a guard, it'll probably be Demetrius Rainey, who hasn't done too well either. So, I don't know. For me, I definitely agree with you. Center is the most glaring spot on this roster for the, for the offensive line.
3: If I recall correctly, last year they started practicing with Cody Weichman and, uh, Andrew Donnell at the center position taking snaps and stuff. So, I think they might be looking at, at adding one of those guys over there if they need him to shift him in. Um, but I do think you're right. I, I think uh, Demetrius Rainey's probably our number two. You know, Barnes, Barnes impresses me at times. Uh, his hustles never stop. His motor never stops. Uh, recovering all the fumbles he was getting running down the field last year was impressive, um, but he just doesn't have the, the strength and the technique to really keep out. A guy like uh, Aaron Donald or somebody like that across from him, you know, maybe playing against Aaron Donald in practice and stuff will help him keep improving. And 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 one could hope for that. I I really would like to see the guy make it and really become a solid center. Greg Robinson spent a lot of time this offseason working on his his first step uh, in pass protection. I think this is his year to either boom or bust it. I know a lot of the fans haven't been happy with him. That's one of the toughest positions in
4: football.
2: Uh, No doubt about
3: it. You get beat up. You get guys that are really fast. You have to be a a really solid player. And, you know, he came in and played really young and and has been learning every year. But I think this is the year that you either have to say Greg Robinson's our guy or you look at moving him inside or over to the right side and getting a new left tackle next year.
2: Again, another guy that that we took in the
3: supplemental draft last year, Isaiah Battle. You know, he's a beast of a guy, 6'7", 290. Came in real green last year, uh, late in the year. I think we've got some opportunity with him. But overall, if you look at the entire offensive line, I think we're in pretty good shape with who we've got. I really couldn't say who all we're going to keep at this point. But uh, center is definitely the spot that we have to be concerned about.
4: Yeah, I would definitely say that this is probably our most solid offensive line since the greatest show on turf era. Not to I, say, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Not, it ain't not much, fair. but yeah. Definitely uh, not to say that they are as good, but uh, depth-wise, this is this is a pretty solid bunch. Definitely something that we are in a good of position for the next couple of years. We just got to make sure that, you know, we stay healthy.
3: Well, I think when it comes to the run game, our offensive line is really solid. When it comes to the passing game, that's where the question mark is. Absolutely. Let's take a short break to thank our sponsors. Today's podcast is being brought to you by Legal Shield. Uh, get peace of mind from a top quality legal service for yourself and your family. The Legal Shield plan: a qualified attorney will be there to assist you with an unlimited number of personal legal issues for 17.95 a month for an individual, or 19.95 a month for an entire family. You'll have an attorney right there in the palm of your hand on your cell phone to call with any legal issues that you may have.
1: All right, so let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. At or at least the last couple of years in the Fisher era has been the strength of our team. And it starts at the defensive line, which has just been deadly over the past couple years. Aaron Donald has really broke out. Probably at least the second best defensive lineman in the league, in my opinion.
2: Robert Quinn went healthy, probably top
1: ten. And then we've got Michael Brockers and plenty of other first-round picks on the line. Although we
3: did lose Nick Fairley
1: and Chris Long.
3: I don't think the line's going to miss a beat. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I, I think if nothing else, it got stronger. You know, I, I really like Chris Long. I think he's a top-quality guy. You know, he might have lost a step or two the last couple of years, but he's always been one of my favorite players. So sad to see him go for that reason, but I really think that the guys that we have on the team now can really step up and, and take over that. I think William Hayes um, has always been a guy who could have played full-time on the line as a starter, and I think he's proved that. Um, but if, if you just go down the roster and look at some of these names, if some of these guys that we just picked up play to half of their potential, uh, we'll be good and solid. If some of them play up to their full potential, we're, we're by far gonna have the best defensive line in the league. You know, we got Quentin Copples, Robert Quinn, William Hayes, Eugene Sims, Michael Brockers, Aaron Donald, Dominic Easley, and then, you know, Ethan Westbrooks who's been, uh, showing some flashes. Matt Longacre uh, has shown that he can play as well, and then you know you got guys like Cam Thomas, Morgan Fox, and Ian Seao that are that are trying to make the team. But I think you really got to watch Copples and uh, Dominic Easley this year and see what they do. Those two guys, I think, if they can play to their top potential with these other guys that we've already got on the
4: team that have already proven themselves,
3: we're going to be tough.
4: I personally believe that we have the best defensive line in the league from a depth standpoint from a from even our starting standpoint and people will say yeah Chris Long you know was was a starter he's gone now but yeah definitely the injuries have piled up on him he hadn't been the same and like like you mentioned Norm he was he was definitely a great guy definitely somebody to follow on on Twitter very funny on Twitter by the way I, I highly recommend following him because he's hilarious but yeah I mean, we, in my opinion, we have the best defensive tackle in the league, and he's still ridiculously young, so this, this is only gonna help us out, you know, for the long run. Uh, Quentin Copels, I feel like, was, was definitely a steal to add to the roster, because I, I feel like his, his role will benefit greatly in a 4-3 as opposed to a 3-4. Him, Robert Quinn, William Hayes, you know, these ends are, are gonna tire out. Uh, offensive lines and that's gonna just help us out a bunch especially when you consider our division Uh the NFC West division isn't exactly known for having the best offensive line in fact I would say even the Rams have the best offensive line in the NFC West in my personal opinion you know the Seahawks even got worse than last year so you know William Hayes has done pretty well against the Seahawks so I'm I'm really excited uh to see what, what happens you know when they game in Los Angeles. What they do against the Seahawks? I just want to pull one out for Chris Long real quick. He is great on social media, and I'm sad to see him go. On the field, I don't think
1: we're going to miss much. He's lost a step, but we're on hard knocks this year, and Chris Long isn't going to be there, and that really saddens me. I definitely grant Quinn Koppels. I think him moving into a four three, if he's got still got potential, it'll be unlocked in the system. I wouldn't. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I would not be surprised if he's a day one starter across from Quinn. I, right now, I would say it's going to be Hayes, but I think Coples can easily break out and take that spot. I think easily got potential. Like you said, Aaron Donald is freakishly young and freakishly good. I wouldn't be against saying he's the second best D lineman in the league, behind J J. Watt. This D line is scary. It's probably the best in football overall and depth wise. And the Seahawks have hated playing them the past couple of years. You said their line got worse. I think Russell Wilson's going to cry a little before he has to go on the field and see Aaron Donald every week. Oh yeah, definitely. Let's get into linebackers. We lost another staple of the defense, James Laurinaitis, the Rams' all-time leading tackler, but he also lost a little bit of step too. Alec Ogletree, coming back from injury, is going to step into Laurinaitis' role, middle linebacker. They re-signed Mark there, and they brought back Key Mayers. Really, I think this is another group that's going to be better, assuming
3: that Ogletree will just find into playing middle linebacker. Ogletree played middle linebacker at Georgia, some, so I think it'll be an easy move for him. He's really stepped up his gameplay and and has moved into the leadership role on the team. I really don't see any loss there. James Laurinaitis, great guy again, hard worker, leading tackler for the Rams. You know, you can just give him all kinds of accolades. But I I think, honestly, Ogletree is going to fill that role better, maybe taking two or three years to get all the way there. But there's definitely a lot of heart there. Mark Barron. Your linebacker safety hybrid, tough guy, quick cover. Uh, really like him being there. Uh, Akeem Ayers, the old man on the linebacker squad at age 27. You know, I think he played real solid for us. You got guys like um, Bryce Hager as a backup, who who I think can, can continue to to grow and and step up. You got Josh Forrest from Kentucky. I think that could be a solid player. He's got a real high motor. I honestly think we'll be fine here too. And Their play will be, I think, even even if they had an average season, it's going to look better than average because of the defensive line that they have in front of them. So if they can play to higher potential with our defensive line, we you know we could be really
4: freakishly scary. Yeah, definitely. I I think the biggest question mark with the linebacking core is is basically uh, the depth the, the depth behind our starters because you know they're. Pretty young, not to say that they couldn't do well, because I definitely think that there is potential, like in Bryce Hager. I'm actually really excited to see what Josh Forrest does. I think he's probably one of our most overlooked draft picks. Uh, he did pretty pretty well for himself in Kentucky. I definitely think that Josh Forrest can be a solid player someday. I uh, don't know if he'll ever be a starter, but I don't know, maybe special teams, maybe a solid backup, uh, and who knows? He may even uh, make it to a starting uh, at some point, but yeah, if Tree um, does well at middle linebacker, which I think he will, uh, this will be a solid bunch, and I'm definitely not concerned with the defensive front at all. Let's get into defensive backs. Uh, we
1: lost Norris Jenkins. We had to choose between him and Tremaine Johnson. We franchise Johnson, let Jenkins walk. So assuming they get a long-term deal done with Johnson after the end of next year. I don't think this is a bad move, and I feel like most Rams fans don't, although I love Jenkins, and like Chris Long, he will be missed for hard knocks. But safety really scares me. We lost Rodney McLeod, TJ McDonald's been in off-the-field trouble, and they really just didn't bring in anybody to replace them. I think this this could make or break the defense at safety if none of these guys step up. To add to that,
4: as far as defensive backs go, I'm pretty concerned on the depth in particular. Uh, especially for corners. Uh, I, I do feel like, like Tremaine Johnson's going to do his thing. I feel like he was the better of the two between him and Janoris Jenkins. I like Jenkins, but in my personal opinion, he was not worth the money the New York Giants gave him. Uh, New York Giants were definitely desperate in, for cornerbacks, so it, it's understandable that they overpaid for him. After Tremaine Johnson is EJ Gaines, who during his rookie season was phenomenal. He, no doubt about it, he was Easily one of the most coveted guys uh, on this defense went during his rookie season. Unfortunately, last year he was out for the season due to an injury. But if he comes back stronger than ever this year, and you know he continues to work during training camp, uh, hopefully he's ready by week one. Um, this could be a solid one-two punch. As far as behind them, you got guys like Lamarcus Joyner, who he has some has some moments where he's done pretty well, and then sometimes he looks kind of lost. So I'm hoping he, he works, he was working really hard this offseason. So, um, hopefully it benefits him in the long run. May even have him step in at safety if, if, uh, we really need him to. Marcus Robeson's another guy that can be pretty solid. Uh, Cody Sensabaugh, I'm not too high on to be honest. Uh, I do think he is a, a good guy. Uh, he's a definitely a good competitor. But coming from a defense like the Tennessee Titans last year was Probably one of the worst in all of the NFL. I'm not too confident in Cody Sensabaugh. Well, we've got
3: 15 guys that can play cornerback and defensive back on the on the roster right now. I think uh, the guys who make it out of those are E.J. Gaines, Troy Hill, Tremaine Johnson, Christian Bryant, Cody Davis, LaMarcus Joyner, Marcus Roberson, Cody Sensabaugh, Al- Maurice Alexander, and T.J. McDonald. Question marks with T.J. You know, with his arrest that he had, you know, will he be starting? Uh, will he be brought back as a starter if he's allowed to play? And, you know, how's that all going to work out? If EJ's healthy, I've got 100% confidence in EJ to to take over for Janoris Jenkins. That's if he's healthy and 100%. If he's not, I'd look to guys like Christian Bryant and uh, Mark, Marcus Roberson to step in and uh, take that role. I think you're going to see... Mo Alexander and Cody Davis stepping in and playing safety quite a bit. I like Cody Davis a lot. I think he's he's a smart player. His motor is high motor all the time. He's he's got good ball skills. Um, I think he's got the potential to put some interceptions on the board. So I'm not I'm not too uh, too disappointed in in who we lost. I, I would have liked to have seen some some veteran help came you know to come in. But all in all, I think it's a fairly solid group. They just don't have a ton of pay- playing time. But, uh, I think we'll be alright.
4: Let me ask you this, guys. Do you think we will bring in a veteran? I know we were looking at Dante Whitner. There was several reports saying that he was gonna come, didn't exactly pan out. Uh, what do you guys think?
1: I think if McDonald isn't active for week one, I think we have to bring in a veteran. And I don't, I know Whitner had a down year, but Two years ago, he was great, and I think he could, you know, be decent. And I just would rather have a, at least somebody that's proved they could play in the league than throwing back, you know, Cody Davis and Alexander for week one because, you know, maybe one of those guys breaks out, but it's tough to have two completely unproven commodities at such a crucial position that stands
3: between you and the end zone. Well, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a trade um, or some free agent moves that happen uh, between now and, and week one. I think overall this group and our, and our wide receivers right now are our two weakest areas. With the exception, if EJ's healthy and plays like he can and True can stay healthy, if TJ comes back and he can play and he's, and he's good to go, I, we'll be okay. But I really would like to see them bring in uh, somebody with some, some veteran experience that could, could help, if nothing else, coach and lead this squad when they're having struggles and stuff. It's hard to say, but this is either gonna be a really good group or really bad group. I don't think there's any in between on this one. All right. We can get into special teams.
1: We don't really need to talk about punter. Johnny Hecker is a guy, two time, couple time all pro. Uh kicker though, they got two can they got a camp body in there that you know, if Greg Zerline shows more regression, could be on the team. I think Greg Airline's the guy going into the season, but I think he's on a much tighter leash this year. It's hard to argue with him on the team because of how much power he has in his
3: life. He's been horribly inaccurate the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, but I don't know if I blame
3: it all on him. You know, when you're kicking 50 and 60 and seems like 80-yard field goals when you can't drive the football down the field, um, you're liable to lose some confidence when you're not making those, even if you're in at 30 and 20 yards because of the fact a miss is a miss. A kicker is going to look at it that way no matter what yardage. I think if if they can use him more – as they should, as a kicker, if it's a game-winning or game-tying situation where they have to put him out there long, so be it. I'd almost rather see him, you know, fourth and three at the 35-yard line. I, I'd rather see them go for it or punt it and put him deep, let our defense hold them, rather than put put him out there and make him try to kick a 55-yarder. Um, unless he's unless he's just been on fire, which he hasn't been. I think I think we need to. Work our field position better, and when he's kicking long field goals and he misses, the other team's right there, ready to go, you know, with good field position. So, I, I think you're right. I think he'll be on a tighter leash. I think he'll be our guy, and I think
4: he'll be utilized better this year. Legatron definitely knows how to kick him. The problem with him, I felt last year, was he was missing those chip shots, and once he started missing the chip shots, he, uh, he was missing the longer ones, which is kind of what he was known for, kind of what his confidence was in. And I think this year it's a fresh new year. I think it'll help him out a little bit. But like like we said, he was signed to a one year deal this year. So um, if he doesn't pan out, I do see him. I do see the Rams looking for other options. And shout out to Johnny Hecker for being the best punter in the league. He got paid for it. And uh, I mean, you can almost consider a team captain just because he uh, how, how his leadership skills are and he's a funny dude as well
3: johnny hecker the oregon state boy from my home state got eleven.
4: love him oh Hacker's yeah. the man
3: all right well next uh next podcast we'll go over the, the coaching staff and uh maybe talk a little bit about uh what's going on with where they're having training camp what the schedule is how the transition's going at the coliseum and so forth so we look forward to uh you guys coming back and listen to us again
2: The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in a make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.